Okay, I'm going to get started. Here we are. Okay, so um, in Feldenkrais, if this is your first lesson, if this is new to you, uh, we do most of the work. Um, I don't demonstrate, so I lead verbally. So, uh, and a lot of the work we do lying on the ground. So, um, just in case one more person comes, there might be. There's one more person hasn't here yet, but uh, so there might need to be a space here. But, or we could say it's his tough luck for coming late. Um, Okay, so, and you can take your glasses off, and pretty well we're going to spend the next hour lying, and you might want to think about what relationship to the room you have right now, and in particular, you might discover this moment that you placed yourself so that you're lying face up looking at these terrible lights. (laughs) So if you want to rearrange yourself, put your head at the other end, or um, move your blanket a little bit or something in order to get away from the lights, you go ahead and do that. Yeah, the interrogation laughs. We have it on good authority that the building management's going to do something about the interrogation lights. <laughs> so, if he understands the question. A dimmer, yeah. I don't know if these fluorescent bulbs work with dimmers. Okay. So lie on the floor and uh, stretch out your arms and legs, if that's comfortable. Now this is like a caveat for every instruction I give all night long. Is Feldenkrais, unlike most of what you've done in your life, is not is not a no pain, no gain method. So Feldenkrais had this very colorful joke, I guess, he would use to say this point. He would, well, he would talk about... What are we doing here? We're working with habits here in Feldenkrais. We're working with exploring and finding our habits, and we're working with developing greater flexibility, the ability to develop new habits, more sensitive habits, habits that are more responsive to the environment around us, to our situation, how we use ourselves, what our intention is. So we're really working with breaking down habits and creating more freedom and options in movement and in action. And um, people would say to Feldenkrais, well, how do you make sure these changes stick? How do you make sure these changes stick? If you're, most people, you know, they have these formulas, like you're supposed to repeat an action in a new non-habitual pattern. You're supposed to repeat it 3,000 times or something before it becomes a new habit. So Feldenkrais, how do you claim that drastic changes happening in one hour can possibly stick? And his colorful response to this was... Um, when someone loses their virginity, you don't have to ask, how do you make that stick? Well, uh, he had a better way of putting that, but I probably can't really reproduce it exactly. It might get me like a PG something on the um, iTunes. Like, Anyway, his basic, what that basically meant, as I understand it, is that if you find a new option, a new way of acting, a new thing you can do that responds to some necessity of your organism, some need, so, you know, losing your virginity, reproduction on the human species scale, and it feels good, then there's no question about how the habit sticks. You'll do it again because you need to do it, it serves your needs, and it feels good. So that was a very long-winded way of saying, giving a deeper story behind why we don't bother doing things that are painful and uncomfortable in Feldenkrais. Because if you try a new habit or a new pattern, you experience something new in the lesson, but it's painful and uncomfortable, 
then you're not likely to carry that back into your lives in an organic way. So it's not just that we just happen to like slow, gentle, unpainful movement. It's that we really are working with the idea that change will be more radical and more permanent if it's pleasurable to do. So that was an extremely long-winded, probably counterproductive way of saying you can have your legs long or you can have your feet standing if it's uncomfortable to lie with your legs long. And at various points in the lesson, as I give instructions, as I say, do this, do that, you can always modify something to make it more comfortable. Catch my attention if you want some help modifying something. If something, if you, for example, have a particularly painful side, and I say start on your left side, and it so happens that your left side is the side that always hurts, you can start on your right side instead. You can modify the lesson so that you're always starting from what's the easier starting place, the starting place that doesn't trigger um, long-standing pains or discomfort. And you can even just do things in your mind if there's no way to physically do them. It can be very powerful to do them in your mind. So with that framework in place, Take a moment now to feel, you've been lying on the floor for a couple of minutes now while I've been going on. What have you noticed about how you're lying on the floor? What has been most prominent in your sensation? The weight of your pelvis on the floor, how the back of your head or your heels press into the floor. Systematically do a scan, like you imagine almost there's a scanner passing underneath you from your heels, and it's sensing where you make contact with the floor and where you don't make contact with the floor, where the space is. So if you, uh, you know, were at an office party where you had a full-body photocopy machine and you could lie your entire body on the photocopy machine, what sort of office party photocopy would you get out of that? Yeah, that's what we do in bioethics, yeah. We all get drunk, take off our clothes, and sit on the photocopier. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Secrets of the faculty of medicine. Yeah. So there's space probably behind your ankles, and then you get a nice photocopy impression of the back of your calves. Space behind your knees. And then the traditional photocopy impression, part of the body. How your hips, your pelvis, your buttocks rest. And feel, see how big of a space you get on that photocopy behind your low back. How much of your low back is not touching the scanning surface? How do your arms rest? Your shoulders? What's the space behind your neck like? And where is that spot where the back of your head makes an impression. And then bend your knees and stand your feet and stand them a good distance apart. We often say, you know, hip width apart. For this lesson tonight, a little bit farther apart than we normally do in Feldenkrais. But you want to be standing your knees over your feet more or less in a way that your knees are, you know, vertical. Your shins are vertical, your knees over your feet so they can stand. And begin now to lower 
tilt slowly your right leg towards the inside, towards the left, and then bring it back up to standing. Another line Feldenkrais had about what this method is about is he said, uh, it's about making peace between your nervous system and gravity. So here for the first time this evening, you're doing something in gravity. So you tilt your knee away from that balanced standing place. All of a sudden you've got a falling body to uh, manage. If you didn't have any ligaments or muscles or anything going on, your knee would, once it tilted away from the center, it would just flop, it would just keep on going. But instead, you've got some degree of control. So you see, can you make that movement, tilting your right knee to the inside. Gradual, smooth, and gradually grow it. Let it get a little bit bigger. And see if you can do that and still leave your left knee more or less standing. So as you play with this, you might find you have to put your legs further apart or You have to take the path of your right knee in a slightly different direction. But as you do this, notice we're playing with gravity and let gravity happen. So as your right knee tilts to the inside, the weight on your pelvis will actually start to shift towards your left buttock, towards the left side of your pelvis. So as you tilt your right knee to the left, let that happen. So Feldenkrais is never about isolating movement, almost never really about feeling these chains, feeling these connections, and letting them happen. So let that weight transfer and begin to feel how your right buttock begins to lift away from the floor as your right knee tilts to the left, to the inside. And if your right knee tilts to the inside, you can even add a little lengthening. So your knee also lengthens, and that will increase the way that your right buttock lifts away from the floor. And feel how actually the whole right side of you begins to lift away, your low back on the right, your ribs, lower ribs on the right begin to lift away from the floor. And leave that with your right leg and now begin to do that with your left leg. Begin to tilt your left leg to the inside and start slowly, develop it slowly. Start with a tilt and just listening for that moment where the weight of your leg begins to roll your pelvis begins to take the weight towards your right hip, begins to lift the left side of your pelvis from the floor. And those connections up your body might feel more obvious if you aren't resting your hands on your stomach. If you're resting your hands on your stomach, that can be kind of like a signal to yourself that says, chest, stomach, stop moving, right? So don't rest your hands on your stomach or you can just feel what it's like, but otherwise have your arms alongside yourself. So you're not kind of giving yourself a message. So you tilt your left leg to the inside and begin to lengthen that left knee away from you as you tilt it to the inside. So it's like you're lengthening your knee towards the floor between your legs. 
And now the left side of your pelvis begins to lift and then the left side of your chest, the left side of your lower back and then your first ribs on the left, lowest ribs on the left. And maybe your head knows that this is happening, maybe not yet, we'll get there. Great. Okay. And leave that and stretch out and take a rest. And if you did this photocopy or scan of yourself again, would things have changed? Would anything be different about how you're resting on the floor? And then for where we're going next, you're going to need to be able to rest your hands, rest your arms on the floor overhead, so alongside and overhead. And I should have said that at the beginning because now a bunch of people have to scoot a little bit because you've got the wall over your head. And then some people here might just give them a little bit of room. You're just about fine. Yeah, good. Everybody's good. Okay, so rest your right arm overhead. Bend your knees, stand your feet. And your left arm can stay alongside, but lengthen your right arm overhead to lie on the floor. Your right arm. Oh, that is right. Okay. (laughs) My bad. Okay. Yeah, everybody but me knows what the right arm is. Good. Okay. And now begin to lower. Well, notice first how your right arm rests. I say rest, but is that a euphemism for you? For some people, your arm really rests there, and for some people, it's kind of like "Mm," hanging in the air or... And you can grab extra cushions or fold up a blanket to help your arm be more comfortable um, or see if that emerges from doing the next few movements. So begin to lower your right knee again between your legs. Bend your knees and stand your feet, sorry, if you haven't got them. And lower your right knee between your legs and lengthen your... So you, you um, both feet are standing and both legs standing. And just again, tilt your right knee to the inside down towards the center, lengthen that knee away so that your pelvis begins to roll. Your foot stays in the same place on the floor, but your knee begins to lengthen and pull. Lift the right side of your pelvis, lift your low back. And if you follow that chain, do you start to feel, does this have something to do with your arm? Does your knee, the pull from your knee, does it draw up your spine, all the way up your spine, and does your right arm begin to shorten as your knee tilts inwards towards the floor and then settle back into place as your knee comes back up? So when I first say that and give that idea, for some of you that might be really obvious and for some of you you might not be feeling that connection yet. And that's okay, we're going to get there. A little bit of rotation as well. Yeah, you might be feeling that, yeah. Tilt your knee to the inside and towards the floor. And your knee lengthens a little, your pelvis rolls. And your right arm is drawn. 
And what happens in that space between your ear and your right shoulder? What do you feel there? What goes on? And now as your right knee tilts down towards the inside, down towards the floor, let your nose follow your knee. So let your head turn to the left, and then as you bring your knee back up to standing, your face turns back towards the ceiling. So a few times now, as you lower your right knee to the inside, let your face turn to look left and then bring them back together. How smooth is that? How smooth is that for your knee, for your head rolling? Listen again to that space between your ear, your right shoulder. What does your shoulder have to do with letting your knee move? And now a few times, turn your face to look towards your right arm. So turn your face to look towards your arm that's resting on the floor as you lower your knee to the inside, to the left. So you do this together with the movement. So you start with your face turned towards the ceiling. And then as you lower your knee to the inside, you turn your face to look right look towards your long arm and then you bring your knee back to upright and your face back towards the ceiling at the same time And then leave that slowly, gently bring your right arm down. Sometimes from resting over your head like this, your shoulder can get a bit sensitive. So slowly bring your arms down, stretch out your legs, and take a rest. And as you rest, compare how your left side and your right side feel now. Has that lengthening you've been doing along your right side, has that left some trace? Does one side feel longer or lighter or flatter, warmer, heavier (coughs) on the floor?
And then bend your knees and stand your feet again. And lengthen your left arm overhead on the floor. Rest your left arm. And now begin to take your left knee to the inside, towards the floor and the inside. Tilt and lengthen your left knee so that the left side of your pelvis begins to lift and roll. Your ribs on the left side begin to lift. Ribs on your right side roll into the floor. And listen for whether you feel your fingers begin to shorten on the floor. As you tilt your knee to the inside and that draw travels up your spine, how does your shoulder let that happen? How do your ribs let that happen? And can you feel that left arm shorten and then lengthen as you return? And what do you hear between your left ear and your left shoulder? Your neck, your shoulder in that space, what happens? And then take your face to turn to the right as you lower your knee to the inside. So turn your face to look right as your knee lowers, your left side lifts. And what happens in your neck under your shoulder girdle? So you turn your face to look right as you lower your knee. And then a few times as you lower your knee, turn your face to look left, look towards your long arm as you lower your knee. And how does that change what's happening with your shoulder? How that lets your knee drop? And then leave that, slowly bring your left arm down, stretch out your legs, and rest again. And check in how you're doing with the process. So if this is your first time ever doing Feldenkrais, well, might be what you expected, might not be what you expected, might be very unusual. I had this great phrase from a guy who tried it like in the last couple of months at the yoga loft, this one guy said afterwards, That was nothing short of a full frontal assault on daily living. That was his experience. (laughs) Because, I mean, I think maybe he'd never been on a meditation retreat or anything. Like, maybe he never slowed down that much in his entire life. Now, on the other hand, if you're used to meditating, this has probably been like a dance party or something. Like, this is a lot more going on than just watching your breath, but still maybe more on the watching paint dry side of the spectrum. So you see how that is for you. Sometimes that takes a while to get used to in and of itself. 
And if your mind wanders away or if you doze off for a while in the first times you're doing Feldenkrais, that's not that unusual. As long as you don't snore too loudly, yeah. Okay, so now bend your knees and stand your feet and lengthen both arms overhead on the floor. And now alternate, lower one knee towards the center, towards the floor, lengthen it, let your low back lift and arch, let your, so both your arms are resting overhead on the floor, if that's comfortable for you. And go from side to side and see if you can feel on each side. The tilting of your knee lifts the side of your pelvis that begins to lift your ribs. On that side, it begins to lift higher and higher. That reaches your shoulder. Your knee tilting to the inside begins to draw that arm and shorten that arm. And then as your knee comes back up, the arm retreats back to where it started, lengthens again. Or for you, maybe you're not feeling that connection yet, and that's okay. We've got a few more tricks up our sleeve on that one. If you're ever not feeling a connection that I'm talking about, then the interesting thing is to feel how you've organized the movement so that some place is staying still. I mean, I say you've organized the movement. It's not like you did that consciously, obviously. But there's some place probably where the perception, you don't feel something, it just feels like a block or it feels like it stops here. And you just observe that. And get curious about it. Okay, great. And leave that. Stretch out your legs and have another rest. Slowly bring your arms down. And then bend your knees and stand your feet again. And now cross your uh, right leg over your left. Cross your right leg over the left and cross them at the knee. So you're, you're crossed over your thighs, really. Yeah. Cross your right leg over your left and lengthen your left arm on the floor overhead. And begin now to tilt. Let the weight of your right knee take your left knee. Tilt your knees to the right and then come back up. So tilt your knees to the right and then come back up. Start slow, start small. It's almost like the weight of your right knee just drags your two knees to the right and then you come back up. The left side of your pelvis will lift away from the floor. Left side of your low back again, ribs on the left. 
And now we're going to do something special for everyone who still doesn't feel their left arm lengthen. So your left arm's overhead. And you're tilting your knees to the right, right? Yeah. Come back to the center. Come back to the place where you're going to initiate the movement. And now do the movement so at the same moment that you tilt your knees to the right, you actually lengthen your left arm instead of shortening it. And it doesn't have to be a big movement at all. It can be two centimeters. It can be one centimeter. It can be whatever. It can be a very small movement. Pay attention to starting those two movements at exactly the same moment. So at the very moment that you tilt your knees to the right, it's a very nice ringtone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Lengthen your left arm at that very moment. <laughs> it is. We're just getting into the groove here. So the very sa- so why do this at the very same moment? You do this at the very same moment to find where do you lengthen right in the core of yourself? To lengthen your hand away from your knees while you lengthen your knees away from your hand. The size of the movement doesn't matter at all. But the attention, the simultaneity. Tilt your knees to the right and lengthen your left hand away. And then bring your knees back up and let your arms shorten. And then the next time you're up, switch your arms. So leave your legs the same, but switch your arms. And as you tilt your knees to the right, Lengthen your right arm overhead. Again, at exactly the same moment. And to initiate those two, to really start at the same moment, what do you have to do and where do you do it? What's the place in the middle that is that beginning place from which half of you goes in one direction and half of you goes in the other. How do your ribs move against the floor on the right? What happens under your shoulder girdle? And then slowly disentangle your legs, bring your arm down, stretch out and take a rest.
Every time we rest like that, you notice what changes do you feel? What trace did that movement leave? What's new in how you contact the floor? And again, bend your knees and stand your feet. And cross your left leg now over your right. Lengthen your right (coughs) arm on the floor overhead. And now as you tilt your knees to the left, lengthen your right arm. So you start those two movements at the same time. Your right arm is lengthened overhead on the floor. You tilt your knees to the left. And at the very same moment, you lengthen your arm and you tilt your knees away. And where is that in the center of yourself? What do your low ribs do, your floating ribs? It's there that your thoracic spine starts to have some possibility for rotation. And then switch your arms. And as you tilt your knees to the left, lengthen your left arm. And how do you organize yourself to do that? What do you do with your chest? How do your ribs move against the floor, away from the floor, on the right, towards the floor, on the left? How does that let your shoulder blades slide? Okay, and then leave that, slowly disentangle your legs, stretch out, take another rest. And now bend your knees and stand your feet and uh, bring yourself up so that your head and shoulders are off the floor and you're resting on your elbows and forearms with your palms towards the floor in front of you. So getting a little bit uh, away from the floor now. It's very radical. So you're coming up sort of 
propped up on your elbows and forearms, palms against the floor. Yeah, so if that's not, if it's really not comfortable to do that, which I have total respect for, um, just as you lie there, have your elbows a little bit further away from floor, the palms down, and do the next movement just thinking of pressing a little bit into the floor with your elbows and palms and forearms. So that's an example of a way you can always adapt a lesson. If you really don't want to lean on your elbows behind you, if that doesn't work for you, then just stay lying on the floor, but give yourself some feeling of pressure and connection from your elbows and hands through to your shoulder girdle. And now begin to have your feet a good distance apart, your knees a good distance apart, and now begin to lower one knee to the center and then the other knee. So you lower one knee to the center and let your pelvis roll, let that draw your pelvis, let that turn your pelvis, and try that on the other side. And you can feel how, even if you aren't leaning on your elbows, you can give yourself a little bit of a sense of, well, how are you using your elbows to take your knees from side to side? You can still explore that idea. And how do you use your elbows? Which elbow starts to take more of the weight, more um, provide you more support as you take one knee towards the center and then the other knee. As you take your right knee to the left as your left elbow start to bear more of the weight. Vice versa. This is something where you can lie down and take a break and then come back and explore it some more. The interesting thing is to feel what the relationships are rather than to quote-unquote do the exercise. So you can take as many rests as you want and then come back and try it again. And let your head turn to follow the knee that lowers. So your head turns to the left as your right knee lowers to the left. Head turns to the right as your left knee lowers to the right. Kind of let your nose follow your knees as you lower each leg. Let it get a little easier, lighter. If possible, a little faster, but don't push yourself to go fast. Going fast always comes after feeling easy and light, not before. Great. Okay, and then leave that and just line your backs. See what that's done for your shoulders, how they rest on the floor. How your arms rest. And now come up to sitting. Come up and s- to sitting with your 
feet standing, your knees standing over your feet in the same position in front of you. You can now lean on your hands behind you. Instead of leaning on your elbows, lean on your hands. And just see which direction do you want your hands to turn. Try away from you, try towards you. Have your knees a good distance apart, your feet standing, knees bent. And now like this, can you lower the one knee to the floor between your legs? And then the other knee, lift that knee and lower the other knee. Alternate, go from side to side. How can your pelvis roll in this position? Try with your hands pointing one way, pointing another way, and see what gives you the most freedom in your shoulder girdle. Dogs usually on the balcony on the house next door. Don't know what it's doing. (laughs) Everyone listening at home, I believe no animals are being tortured for the poor guy. Okay, now let's do something with our heads. So when both of your knees are standing, lower your head and look down towards the floor. So have your head hanging down when both your knees are standing. And then as each knee drops, let your nose follow that knee and lift to look sort of towards the horizon. And then as both of your knees come back up to sitting, your head drops to the center. And then as your other knee drops to the center and lengthens, your nose follows that knee and lifts to look up. So it's kind of like you're going to start doing a pendulum movement with your head. Um, and the pendulum is at its low point when both of your knees are standing and when one knee is to the inside you've lifted from the pendulum and your head's looking up Was that clear or was that mysterious? So, yeah, when you're in the middle and both knees are standing, your face is at the low point, and then your face follows your knee. And see if you can still leave your other knee standing. So one knee lowers to the floor in the center, but the other knee stays more or less towards the ceiling. Might still be a little mysterious. I'll just play with that. And how's your whole spine fold and then extend? As your right knee goes to the center, the right side of your spine especially extends, your head lifts. And then as your left knee goes down to the center, the left side especially extends, head lifts. Okay, and leave that and lie on your back.
and feel how you're resting on the floor now. Often at the end of a lesson, people will feel flatter against the floor. Some of you, depending on exactly how you organized yourself to do this movement, it was a lot of extension, so you might be feeling a little lifted actually in your low back. If that's the case, you can bend your knees and stand your feet, interlace your hands behind your head, and just a few times lift your head, lift your elbows and knees towards one another to take your low back into the floor. So if you're feeling a little bit like that uh, feeling, like we just did a lot of extension, then bend your knees, stand your feet, interlace your hands behind your head, and lift your knees and your elbows towards one another and your head. Just a few times, just to feel your back lower and lengthen into the floor behind you. Good. And lengthen, stretch out again. And remember that lovely scanned image you made on the full body photocopier at the beginning. And run that scan again. Feel from your heels up through your calves, through your thighs, your buttocks, your low back. There's ribs in the middle of your back, upper back and shoulders, your arms back of your head, feel how everything rests. And then when you're ready at your own time, you can roll to your side and come up to sit and come up to stand. And don't worry about cleaning stuff up around you and stuff like that yet. Just come up to stand when you're ready at your own pace and take a moment to feel how you feel in standing, to feel how you feel in walking. 